0: Chapter 2 Sales is Dead. Long live sales. Mention the word peddler, and even centuries later, you conjure up a mental image of a sketchy character trundling down a dusty dirt road, selling snake oil for cash, and then quickly moving on. The word peddler in English dates to 1225, but it is also known by less flattering names such as cheap jack, hawker, huckster, or solicitor. Historically, peddlers haven't been bad people. Abraham Lincoln peddled his way to Illinois, a century after Benedict Arnold did the same along the Hudson Valley. Thomas Edison, before crowning himself as the Wizard of Menlo Park, earned a living peddling wares of his own. Years ago, while traveling the country for a skincare manufacturer detailing with DSCs, I spent many an afternoon tearing down highways and byways. I would be accompanying a sales rep who often had a cigarette in one hand and a coffee in the other, driving with a knee while calling in an order to customer service. Rattling around in the trunk of the car would be the shiny objects of the week, often incentivized by the manufacturer or mandated to move X number of them by the sales manager that week. In the golden age of business-to-business sales, the internet didn't exist, so the sales rep was the first information source for what was new. Broadly, it is these tired and outdated identifiers that define what a product peddler is. A product peddler sells from the trunk, or whatever the flavor of the week their hawking is. They work their route on a daily basis and see if they can get an account to buy that day. They rely on charm, psychological pressure, or other hot buttons to make a customer buy. Never really explaining why the product is right for the client, just that it's the best. They use the same scripted pitch on any client and every client to see what sticks. They try and close as quickly as possible. And when all else fails, they will simply offer discounts to close the sale. The 80s and early 90s was a cutthroat era for sales, and a variety of dubious methods to win the sale were showcased in the 1992 film Glengarry Glen Ross. In one iconic scene, a red-faced and fuming Alec Baldwin rants and raves at the team during a profanity-laced speech. He flips over a blackboard and reveals the phrase, always be closing, and repeats the phrase again and again. That worked great because you could dazzle and use everything from high-pressure tactics to a little bit of white lying to also be moving customer after customer to close. Then along came the Internet, and all of that changed. The Internet and a century of advertising are making peddlers extinct. The Internet has shattered the comfortable role we held for almost a century. Now it's no longer our job to frame a first impression— as chances are the customer already has an impression based on what they've read, seen, or heard online. Even if they haven't heard of the product or brand you are repping, the moment you leave from that first appointment, you can bet they're going to hit websites, read reviews, watch videos, or ask other hairdressers in message boards and Facebook groups about it. If you listen to old-time radio like I do, the way products were sold before Madison Avenue was frankly charming. Pitches were delivered with a wink and a nod, and a remarkably simple concept—an almost aw-shucks common sense. We bought things because there was an explained practical need or an emotional need. We've come a long way since then, and unfortunately for you and us, Wall Street and Madison Avenue spend decades finding new ways to persuade, manipulate, trick, or shame consumers into making decisions in real estate or banking retail, or even services like hiring a plumber or a roofer. At some point in our lives, often more than once, we were fooled and bought the product. We psychologically detect lies now, often without knowing. A product peddler historically has to move on to the next town because they wear out their welcome. Their tricks work just once and they have to move on. The problem isn't yours, the problem is in fact systemic. Hard-selling methods that worked in banking or IT lead to all manner of sales books, coaches, and programs that were focused on hard-selling. Here's the problem. Peddlers pitch, but don't listen. A typical sales call goes like this. Hey, Janice girl, how are things going? (laughs) Good, good. Hey, we just launched this week with the Electra Rainforest Permanent Pigments line, and it's something else. It has everything. Super concentrated pigments, none of the bad stuff, three times longer lasting, 50% more tonality, and they are really getting aggressive. Complete color buyback. They'll swap everything in your room out. The stuff has been everywhere. Allure, Refinery29, Celine Dion swears by it. Janice, what she's likely thinking. Oh, I like this packaging, the story is interesting. I like these features and the science is great. Plus, they'll swap out my color. At some level, we also have become very savvy when it comes to sniffing out something when it's not authentic. How many products do you represent now that you've never tried, experienced, or even believe in? We are so much better today than we once were at sniffing out people who are fake. It's the knee-jerk reaction we have When wandering into a department store and have a sales rep ask, good morning, is there anything I can, we cut them off there. We do so because we are exhausted at being sold, and at this point can detect when something isn't authentic almost immediately. It's gut instinct, and it serves us well. Moreover, this industry is one built on caregiving, artistry, beauty, emotion, and empathy. Hardline sales tactics are diametrically opposed to everything these traits stand for and serve as a turnoff to new cold calls. Big idea number one we don't want to be sold. We want to be understood. We want answers to questions we don't know how to ask. Remember when we talked about how salon owners today feel like something is missing from their business? They are struggling with questions on business health, metrics, and marketing. But going back to Mr. Slick's pitch, how does any of that pitch help a salon owner, really? All of that is great stuff, but the problem is the framing and positioning of it. Here's what Janice should have been thinking mentally during that pitch. Is this going to make me more money or maybe decrease expenses? Will it manage my business risk or maybe make me or my clients feel better? Mr. Slick, meanwhile, would be, Uh, what? What sales really is about is not selling things. No one needs yet another thing. We want solutions to our problems, needs, or wants. Stop, stop, stop listing features and benefits. They are the least important part of pitching anything to your customers or prospects. Today, now more than ever, salon owners are looking for someone who's truly going to serve as a resource, consultant, and partner with them. So before you can even pitch, we have to understand the want, need, or problem to start with. Once you know that, you can present them with the solution. So if sales is really about presenting solutions to an issue, why are we as an industry so focused on features and benefits? Why are manufacturers? Why are you? The answer is, of course, because we always have been historically. Unfortunately, that's not working anymore, and it hasn't. It is lead salons shuffling through product lines, or simply giving up and going private label. If it's time to truly consult, what even is a consultant anyway? Big idea number two. It's time to be more like a wedding planner than a cable installer. We've all had that day when you move to a new place, or the cable or internet stops working, and we wait. We're given a service call window by the cable company, which is ironic because I often stared out the window waiting for their installer with increasing frustration. When things break, we call the fixers of things. Cable, like plumbing or electricity, roofing, or even cars, requires a technician. When you're planning a wedding, it's a huge deal. You're dealing with details, location, food, people, music, a theme, and even what to wear. It's an experience that is being crafted, so you work with a wedding planner to make that perfect day truly perfect. A cable installer, like a product peddler, is a commodity. They do a simple service and cookie-cutter process. Because of this, there is no unique value to them, so they are disposable. A wedding consultant is a true consultant. They ask leading questions. Uncover your hopes, desires, and sometimes fears, and work with you to craft the perfect experience. They engage, they analyze, they use empathy, intuition, and a little bit of psychology to deliver a bespoke, custom experience to elicit joy and make you, individually and uniquely you, happy. That person has a unique value. That person is indispensable. That person will always have a full appointment book. Which would you rather be? One has to constantly hustle and rely on a steady turnover of new business. The other garners relationships in the community. Big idea number three. 100% of salespeople in our industry have the title of consultant. Only 15% of them actually are. Let me tell you a quick story. After leaving Visions Beauty Supply, I started working direct for a skincare and sunless tanning manufacturer. The owner was just as interested in cracking the code of this industry as I was, and overcoming some of the challenges we've talked about thus far. He was an engineer by trade who found himself in the beauty industry, but because he had such a different mindset than the average salon owner, he did what all good leaders should do when they don't have knowledge. Find the right mentor and hire the right people. As part of our process, we worked with several coaches on refining our brand value, and even our sales pitch. One of the coaches he hired invited us down for an initial brainstorming and discovery meeting in Boston, in a swanky office building that I later discovered is actually just a temporary office suite for anyone. While preparing his presentation, he asked me, So what business school did you go to? To which I replied I hadn't. And he responded, that's a shame. I was hoping I could learn something from you. He was, as we discovered, a product peddler. But more specifically, he is classified as an aggressor sales type. He launched into yet another browbeating of our team on being hunters instead of farmers, and that we needed to hire more hunters to be successful. I sat at the end of a long conference table and rolled my eyes. By this point, like you, I had been in distributor sales trainings where we'd hear slick sales coaches pant breathlessly and red-faced that you needed to be a hunter to succeed in this industry. The Harvard Business Review published a psychographic study by Lynette Rials and Ian Davies on the types of salespeople. And guess what? There are more types of salespeople than just those two types. Let me tell you why this analogy is out-of-date garbage dreamed up by Wall Street and sales coaches who've been spreading it around ever since. Deciding whether you're a hunter or a farmer would mean that you view your clients or clients-to-be as prey or produce. The moment you do that, the moment you start to look at them hungrily as something to be conquered, bested, or harvested, you have destroyed your ability to make an authentic connection. As we've already talked about, we are jaded by over a century of slick salespeople who conned us into cheap cars or shamed us on the TV to buy a gadget to wrap around our midsection and electrocute our stomach into washboard abs. We don't believe or listen to it anymore. In fact, we detect and tune out that person in seconds. It's time to bury hunting and farming and leave it in the 20th century. Hunters, We'll always have to hunt new prey. Farmers will be forever tilling over the earth or scrounging in the underbrush for sweet berries. You deserve better than that. Your customers deserve to be treated better than that. I also know that change is incredibly hard, especially considering we've been trained on broken methods or have been selling on an outdated method for so long. But I want to give you some hard numbers that surprised even me. The study published in the Harvard Business Review I talked about earlier was an exhaustive review of eight classifications of salespeople, and more importantly, how they performed on three metrics of success, generating leads and relationships, moving customers down a sales funnel, and closing the deal. During the course of this study, they discovered some eye-opening facts. Only 9.1% of every sales appointment ends in a sale. $1,760 of profit per sale is needed to cover the cost of failed sales meetings, assuming that the meetings cost an, on average, $160, including gas, coffee, and your time. Only one out of 250 salespeople actually exceed their targets. To put this last one in perspective, you have the same odds of having twins, giving birth to one genius-level child, or being randomly audited by the IRS the eight types of salespeople. During the Harvard Business Review study, they ranked each type performance-wise on seven components and skills related to success, from meeting prep to the effectiveness of the sales pitch. Moreover, picture this as a ladder, and we'll talk about what each type needs to move up a rung. So let's start at the bottom, the five least effective types. Socializers the number one least effective. 15% of all salespeople are socializers. This salesperson is naturally charismatic and can impress clients with their friendly chat about everything from their children to cars. While they are friendly and amiable, they somehow never close the deal because they never ask for the sale. Socializers account for 15% of all salespeople. To advance, With the help of a mentor, you can be managed and refocused on goals and objectives. Short-term targets will be key, and you need to work on maintaining the kind of warm conversation style you enjoy, but also remember that you need to ask for the sale. Aggressors. Number two least effective. 7% of all salespeople are aggressors. This salesperson focuses on negotiating on price alone and will often wheel and deal, redoing intros or bundling value to land that big close. While they rarely give too much away, their biggest challenge is their combative and aggressively hard sales tactics that turn off leads and prospects. To advance, this type can benefit from self-awareness trainings to see how their style can be viewed as abrasive and that you can still win big without being so aggressively focused on landing the deal by any means necessary. Learning new skills, you can employ a variety of different sales tactics and gear them to your buyer. You can benefit from more knowledge on products and even a better understanding of the daily life of a salon owner and stylist to gain perspective and empathy. Narrators. The number three least effective. 15% of all salespeople are narrators. This salesperson is a walking encyclopedia of product knowledge, and while they know all of their offerings inside and out, they can be too dependent on scripts. This reliance on memorizing marketing materials means they struggle to answer questions many clients have. To advance, in order to move beyond reliance on the materials your manufacturers provide you, Working on your listening and questioning techniques can allow you to anticipate any questions a client may place at your feet. Workshopping improvisation on the fly so that you're prepared when a customer asks you a question that throws you off script. Most importantly, stop relying on printed materials as crutch tools when presenting and shift your focus to the consumer. Focusers, number four, least effective. 19% of all salespeople. Are focusers. This salesperson knows their products and believes deeply in them, but they often lack confidence. Because they're so focused on detailing product features and benefits, they forget to listen to what a customer really needs. They pitch before making sure what they are pitching is a match. To advance, similarly to narrators, this salesperson needs to workshop their listening skills. Developing body language and leading questioning techniques can help give you insight on what the client's wicked problem really is. Once you can find out what the client really needs from a product line or a new treatment, you pitch it appropriately and hit the mark. Storytellers. Number five least effective. 7% of all salespeople are storytellers. This type of salesperson is customer-focused and loves to provide success stories and contextual stories to drive home a point. They often talk through and oversell, wasting time in long meetings that don't lead to results or lead to a close. To advance, in order to move forward, it's important to work on a framework to set goals and agendas to focus your meetings with clients. Work on getting out of your head, and your desire to tell a story by reading the person you are pitching to. Body language and key phrases can indicate when a client has had enough information or not enough information to close the sale. Now that we've covered the least effective types that don't produce as much as the top three, we can dig into the top 37% of all salespeople. Consultants, number third most effective. 15% of all salespeople are consultants. This type of salesperson is what all of us are titled as, a distributor sales consultant. But as we've learned, the title may not accurately represent how you currently sell. A true consultant listens well and is an excellent problem solver that works with clients and their support network to develop solutions that meet their customers' needs. The only hurdle they have to overcome is they tend to think one-dimensionally and often miss an opportunity to present stories and success studies that can amplify sales. To advance, mentoring with manufacturer partners, other top salespeople, and even their leadership team can help them to develop more dimensions to their sales approach, from method to medium. The goal is to create an amazing customer experience from start to finish. Mastering these things can make them an expert. Closers. Number two, most effective. 13% of all salespeople are closers. This type of salesperson is the one most often driving the best car and is developed or earning the top performing territory. They have mastered all of the skills of the consultant but have polished themselves and their approach to be able to close some of the top salons in the territory. They are professional and are able to easily counter any customer objections or fears that can serve as a barrier to the close. Their only hurdle is that their smooth-talking charm can put some customers off. To advance, this type has put a lot of time and effort into personal development, and as such, mentoring should be done lightly, because they know how good they are. A strong motivation, bonuses, higher commission, or reward system is needed to keep them. Experts, the number one most effective, 9% of all salespeople are experts. This is the end game. An expert is a seasoned professional who has mastered all manner of delivery and has cultivated their ability to engage, connect, and disarm any and all leads and prospects. Selling to them is effortless, as is keeping customers happy as they're genuine in their dedication to their clientele, which in turn is highly loyal to them. Consistently outperforming their colleagues They are as polished and professional as you can get. While they no longer need anything to advance, there is an opportunity for you to mentor colleagues and help them improve their skills in turn. The hardest thing in the world is identifying your failings and gaining a commitment from yourself to work to improve them. Belief. You can sell anything to anyone if you work on reshaping yourself into a true consultant by finding the hidden pain identifying the leverage point, and being authentic. It's time to drop the art of the pitch and speak from an authentic and honest experience of your own. If you don't believe in the products you're selling, haven't used them for yourself, customers will know. Remember, your job is not to sell them products. The answer isn't found on a shelf. Because salon owners now know that success isn't defined by what you carry. It's much, much more than that. Your job is to sell them a roadmap to success, of which products are a piece. The old model doesn't work. So it's time for a new model for a new era. But before we do that, I want to tell you a story about a man who could sell you anything.